We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you sweet, sweet souls. I am energetically loving on you today. I hope you can feel my energy hugs and compassion and love for you and for saying yes to this human adventure. So, you know, from my perspective, loss is one of the most challenging parts of being human and especially the loss of someone we love. It's so confusing, so challenging, and almost impossible to reconcile. How can someone we love be alive and in the body one minute and gone or dead the next? How can we ever recover from the loss of a parent, a friend, a partner, a sibling, a family member, or a child? And you know, some people never do. Grief can be utterly debilitating and create a dark cloud over people for the rest of their lives. So what do we do with this? How can we finally make peace or come to terms with something so confounding and so painful? Well, recently, I read a book that gave me great solace and provided profound answers to many of my perplexing questions. And now I'm thrilled to bring this information and story to you here today on Journey to Center. We are here with Dr. Elisa Medhus. She's a physician and has practiced internal medicine in Houston, Texas for over 30 years. She's also the author of three award-winning parenting books, Raising Children Who Think for Themselves, Hearing is Believing, How Words Can Make or Break Our Kids, and Raising Everyday Heroes. Dr. Medhus is also the mother of five. And then in 2009, one of her children, her 20-year-old son, Eric Medhus, shot himself in the head in their home. Dr. Methus never believed in life after death. As an accomplished physician, she placed her faith in science. All of that changed after her son reached out to her from the other side. Today, Dr. Methus is no longer a skeptic about the eternal nature of the soul. She channels Eric through a medium, asking him questions about death, the afterlife, and so much more. She shares her journey in her book, My Son and the Afterlife, Conversations, from the other side, which I just read from cover to cover and loved. Today, we're going to talk about the book Eric has authored from the other side, and we're going to talk to his mother, Dr. Elisa Medhus. So thank you for being here with us today, Dr. Thank you for having me, Tammy. I loved this book. It was incredible, incredible story. And I just scratched the surface a little bit with this intro. Can you give us a little bit more background about you, your relationship with your son, and how this book came into being? Oh, gosh. Eric is, and I say is, not was, an amazing soul. He was always so, and is, so compassionate uh, with his friends, etc. But he suffered so much. Learning disabilities. Uh, he had Tourette's. Um, he suffered from bipolar disease, which, as many of you know, was, can be a terminal one, and in his case, it was. And um, he just had a miserable last four years. Eventually, he just couldn't take it anymore and took his life. Now, I was, of course, devastated. Our whole family felt like an atom bomb had just exploded in, in our in our house, in our hearts. But three days after his death, 
Something absolutely amazing happened, Tammy. I get this call from my father, and I, I want to tell you that I was raised by atheists, okay? I'm not talking about just, well, I don't think there's life after death. I'm talking about militant atheists who ridicules anybody who believes in life after death. So my father, the most militant of them all, uh, called me in a panic uh, to say that Eric just appeared right before him while he, while he was sitting in his chair reading the newspaper or something. And um, then he said Eric turned into his little boy self and crawled up into his lap. So my dad's like, oh, my God, I don't know what to believe. I'm so startled. That changed things for me. Here's an atheist. That opened your mind. Mm -hmm. That opened my mind. And, and I, I thought, you know, I've been raised on science. I've been taught that for something to be real, it had to be perceived by one or more of the senses or measured by an instrument. And in this case, you know, it, it, that might not be true. And that's when I started doing my research. I read so many very boring books on quantum physics, Tammy, and near-death experiences and alternate dimensions. I read about controlled studies on mediums, all sorts of studies on the survival of consciousness after death. And, uh, and during that time, you're right, Eric started reaching out to me and other family members. We would see water faucets slowly turn on. Deadbolts would lock. Unplugged appliances would uh, would work. Unplugged, I mean, no power. Airsoft BBs would appear at the ceiling and drop to the floor. Uh, he even called us on the telephone. And his voice is absolutely recognizable, of course, to his own mother, for sure. And, uh, and then one day, I actually saw him. I went to bed, and I really didn't have time to lay my head on the pillow. And there was Eric, jumping from one foot of the bed to the next, Back and forth, I thought it was so surreal. You know, he was acting like a little kid, of course. That's typical Eric. And as I watched him, I just, I'm awake, I thought to myself. This is this can't be. But then Eric turned his face toward me and said, Mom, you can see me. And that's when he just flew into my arms and we hugged. And I'm telling you, Tammy, the, the hug just felt completely solid, like the hugs that are the hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of hugs we've had in the past when he was, air quotes, alive. Wow, you just gave me goosebumps. Gosh, I want that. <laughs> oh, it was <laughs> That's so sweet. Amazing. That's amazing. And I know I, I read the book and he talks about when we're in our grief, we, it's hard to connect with people that have transitioned because we're in a very, very low vibrational state and it's hard for spirits to slow down enough to really connect with us. So it sounds like he's very talented. I don't think all souls can do what he does and that you were open to it. I think that's really amazing, like bridging those worlds. Oh, yeah. it's And he has the platform now to connect yes. so many people with a medium and, of course, the Internet. You wouldn't have done been able to uh, do this whole thing, you know, decades ago. So he gets a lot of practice. And now I have a blog called Channeling Eric that I wrote at first to just vent my grief and then to share some of the Eric pranks and some of the things that we channeled from Eric through mediums. And, uh, and now he visits and pranks blog members all over the world, and they absolutely love it. So well, he gets a lot of practice. I think if we open our mind and invite it in, it can happen, you know, because I was reading your book. I was, fly I was going back to Kansas, where I'm from, and an uncle of mine is in hospice. So he's kind of, you know, he's, he's in the process of transitioning, and I'm heartbroken. I love mm -hmm. this man so much. And I was reading this book and I was reading about how he sometimes shows up like a monarch butterfly or something. Mm -hmm. And so I'm standing out there and there was one lone monarch butterfly flying around my head. Oh, 
Maybe was that was still, Eric giving you giving you a sign. I think so. Yeah, saying you know he's not dying. He's just he's going to drop the body that doesn't work for him anymore, and he's going to be be free with me. And I've I that's what I felt like. So I feel like if people read this book and they want to connect with him, he's very available. Yes, if you can get through some of the bad language, but uh, you know he's a very casual <laughs> speaker. Well, that's the thing. He took his personality with him, didn't he? Yes, he's not one of those wise sages that start out with "Welcome, my dear one." No, not at all. <laughs> he's very in your face and funny. He's a, he's just a really funny guy. Now, this book just I transcribed it really. I mean, it's all channeled from Eric, but this book has truly healed me for the first time. I. I just don't feel any grief over Eric anymore because I know how he's doing in great detail. I know he's doing great. I know what his life as a spirit is like. I know so many details about this new place he calls home. So the mystery is all but gone. So it's more like a missing now for me. It's more like a parent that has a kid on some study abroad program and they're going to come back any day with a big old sack full of dirty laundry. So, you know, I, I think the lesson that I've learned through all of, of these years since Eric's passing, is that you can still have a relationship with your loved one after they're, quote-unquote, gone. Just like you said, they're exactly the same. They just don't have a body anymore or any of the physical and mental illness that, that might plague that body in life. So, you know, they don't want to be forgotten. They want the relationship to continue. And really, Tammy, there's absolutely no reason why it can't. And there's a number of ways you can do that. Oh, I want to hear more about that, you know, and, but first I want to say it is so incomprehensible to believe that somebody we love is just gone. How can that person that was such an important part of my life just be gone? But I don't think death is real. I think we transition like a radio um, network. We just move from one frequency to another. Would you agree with that? Yes. And it's really interesting that so many of us don't believe in the afterlife or life after death because we can't see spirits. But consider this, we can't see radio waves, yet we know they exist. So somebody might say, well, yeah, we turn on the radio and they're the sound waves. But uh, that's where mediums come in. They're sort of like the, the radio that, trans that receives and transmits the energy from the, uh, from the spirit. Yeah, I think it's true. And on that side of the veil, because I think we're born with veils over our eyes, death is not real. Death is not, right. it's not real. So it is incomprehensible here for us because it really isn't, it isn't real. But it feels well, like it's real when we're in human form in these bodies, these, this three, these three dimensions. So, but this is but temporary. Science is starting to prove that, it's starting to uh, show evidence that there is a spirit, that there is a soul. They even know now that it's probably connected to the, into the hollow spaces of microtubules that are in each cell of the body. They feel like the soul is actually made of these tiny particles called neutrinos. So science is, is moving in our uh, favor. Science, yeah, I, the, the I, thing I that love, blinded me at first yes. is now uh, opening up the eyes of many. Yeah, I just interviewed uh, Dr. Eben Alexander last week. So I'm having a lot of these conversations and I'm enjoying them thoroughly. I was interested in near-death experiences years and years and years ago. And now it's really fun to have conversations with people that, that know so much more about this from personal and scientific perspectives. So mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that you said yes to the interview today. Awesome. So um, it's, it's an I know honor. a lot of people are skeptical. What do you say 
to your skeptics about what's going on with this well, uh, continued relationship with your son? Well, it is a hard journey going from skepticism to, to belief. And I, I just say, please be an open-minded skeptic. Remember the words of the, uh, from the famous Arthur Schopenhauer. He said, truth goes through three phases. First, it's um, ridiculed. Then it's scorned. And eventually, it's accepted as uh, self-evident. And I think we're going through those phases where spirituality is concerned, just like we did when we were going through, evolving from the earth is flat to the, to the earth is round, because there was at that time, for those that um, believed the world was uh, round, a lot of ridicule, and then a lot of scorn and imprisonment and so on and so forth. Hopefully they won't put me in the slammer, but, but, uh, <laughs> but we have to realize that we have to go through those phases to get there. And also just to let them know, skeptics know, that just because you can't see something does not mean it exists, like microwaves and cosmic rays and ultraviolet rays. You get a sunburn and you know it exists. Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, none of us can be forced to believe before we want to believe. And I think sometimes, just like for you, this tragedy opened your mind to other possibilities. And, you know, we're each on our own individual unique journey. And this is something Eric talks about in the book, My Life After Death, Memoir from Heaven as well, is that we're all here with our own particular contracts. We're all here to learn our own particular life lessons. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? That's right. The, the human experience is so important because when we're humans, we experience contrast. Where Eric is, they don't experience that. So, to, to understand, they might understand the concept of cold, right? But you have to experience hot in order to really understand cold. So we come to Earth, uh, occupy bodies, and have contracts with other spirits to create that contrast. Like you might want to learn about the facet of love called forgiveness. So you might tell the dude spirit next to you, hey, look, could you, um, you know, could, could you betray me in this coming life? And, uh, and so really what we're here to do is experience all the facets of love and to remember that we are love. We are made of that energy called love. And um, he also describes it with a, a brownie analogy. I love this, but I'm, all, I'm very hungry right now, so maybe I shouldn't repeat it. But, you know, <laughs> you can look at a recipe for a brownie, read it, and you can see a picture of a brownie, but you're not really going to know what a brownie is until you get the ingredients, mix them all together get batter all over your hair like I would, uh, put it in a pan, stick in the oven, um, burn your fingers, and probably the brownies in my case. But then you take it out, cool them off, you ice them, take a bite, and that's when you really, really, really know what a brownie is. I love that analogy. I talk about that too. Sometimes we have to experience it rather than just know about something in theory. You have to walk exactly. through it. You have to get your hands messy. You have to get into it. So I love that analogy, and I've used it. So I can absolutely relate, as I know our listeners can as well. Um, so, Dr. Medhus, I want you again to, I know the blog is going on for people, that, you know, to support them in all areas. Can you talk a little bit more about your blog and how people can get in touch with you and start reading this incredible material? Absolutely. The, the blog is called Channeling Eric, with Eric with a K, and uh, it's just a lovely community. I, I wanted to create a place that would be safe and supportive for people who have lost somebody. Now, there's all sorts of 
blog members from different walks of life and for different reasons. But um, that, that's how it started out. And uh, it just helps heal me because I seem to heal best when I help others. So it's been enormously therapeutic for me. But I will have to uh, confess one thing to, to you here, that okay. all the experiences I had with Eric, even when I heard him on the telephone, even when I saw him jumping on my bed, I did not want to believe that he still existed. And I know Why? that sounds... I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I, I was really afraid because what if I did, you know, buy into it hook, line, and sinker, and then I found out it was all nonsense. Now, that would be like losing him all over again, but this time permanently, I mean forever. So I really dug in my heels, and it took one particular incident for me to go from hovering at 90% sure in the afterlife to 100% sure. You know, I, these are not the you know, the wishful thinking of a grieving mother, in other words. So I, I was very resistant to the idea. But then one of the blog members contacted me to say that she heard three voices on one of the sessions that the medium Jamie Butler and I had. And I thought, well, no, that's just, it was just me and her. It's impossible. But, of course, I listened, and sure enough, there were three voices, and one of them was most definitely Eric's. I mean, he, a mother knows the sound of their own kid's voice. He had this way, for example, of saying breakfast, like a little kid, breakfast. And he had this very typical verbal tick that sounded like he was clearing his throat. I heard it all. So I, I was just so fascinated and intrigued. Here I had it. I could play it over and over again. It wasn't something that I could, you know, that would happen and I didn't have proof of. And I'd, time would pass. That would creep in. And I was hallucinating. No, I could listen to this anytime I wanted. So I sent it to a sound expert who analyzed it, and he said, for many reasons, that the, voice, the voices were not human. And one of the biggest was uh, that it left no voice signature. Now, interestingly enough, on a lot of radio shows and our YouTube videos, Eric will leave his voice. And so you might want to listen to the recording, Tammy, you know, when all is said and done here. For example, one host uh, interviewed me, and she called, uh, I think emailed me, um, a week later and said, look, I heard of somebody yelling something here and we didn't hear it live. And uh, yeah, sure enough, it was Eric saying minions really loudly. And then right after he says that, Jamie, the medium, says he calls them minions. So it's, it's fascinating, pretty hard evidence in the survival of consciousness. Oh, I love this. And something else I have to say that Eric really helped me with was the concept of suicide. Oh, I had yeah. a friend that committed suicide years ago and in 2006, and I've been angry for a very long time. Mm. And um, when I would talk about him, I'd say, oh, my best friend, he was a medical doctor. He was a plastic surgeon. He committed suicide. And he goes, I wish you, I could hear him saying, I wish you wouldn't describe me in that way. And I'm like, but that's what you did. Because when <laughs> I was more than somebody who just committed suicide. I was your best friend. But I'm like, so mad that I just continue to identify him in that way. But after yeah. reading this book, it took a lot of the charge out of it. And can you talk a little bit about what he said and what you learned and what you shared about the, the um, act of suicide? Well, Eric says that death is death is death. It doesn't make any difference. It's like a birth. You can come in, see Saxon Breach, you know, um, feet first, whatever but it's still a death, or actually it's almost like a, a birthing into the afterlife, so it's more like a birth. 
But in some cases, people commit suicide as part of their contract, and that was the case with Eric. He had designed for his life to be short. He designed it to be miserable so that he could really develop the the listening skills and the compassion and the other tools he would need to make a really good spirit guide for us humans. But um, in many cases, that's not true. And, you know, but he says we shouldn't judge those who take their lives, you know. Um, The thing is, it does still have an effect on us. We have to be real about that. Those that uh, they leave behind and it also has an effect on them when it's not their time. When they cross over and they realize they weren't really, it wasn't part of the contract, although you have free will, there's no, nobody's going to hold you to a contract. Then you realize that you've just wasted a lot of opportunity for one uh, thing. For example, maybe you were supposed to father a girl who was supposed to find a cure for um, diabetes or something. And now you know, you know that's not going to happen and that many people are going to suffer and die. But you also are acutely aware of all of the pain that you've left in your wake. You hear every cry. You feel every heartbreak. So it's, it's, I'm not saying that Eric condones it because there are some definitely, definitely some negatives for it. But again, in his case, it was part of his contract. Yeah, I found that so fascinating. Never considered that before. Mm. So I love something he says here. Your life is precious and your life on earth is a choice that your soul makes. And I've felt this is true, that we do choose this as painful and messy as it is. And there are moments where I'm like, why would I have chosen this? I didn't choose this. This is is ridiculous. (laughs) But I do believe we do make this choice. And then he says, it's so special to be alive as a human. The experiences and all the beauty and the connections your soul needs to evolve and thrive are all made on earth. And you carry those with you into the afterlife. I think that's so beautiful. It is beautiful. And, you know, our human experience is very precious. There are things that Eric misses about it. For example, really? he misses anticipation. They're, you know, they, they know everything that's going to happen, especially uh, considering the fact that there is no linear time there. So there, there's no, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next. But he also misses the, the sensation of touch because it's just not the same uh, there that is here. You don't, you don't feel that pressure. Yes. Um, it's almost like two jello hands touching, he says. Yes, yeah. Flopping together. When I so he says, that hug, about, everybody uh, hug, hug, yeah, hug as much as I, you can. I thought the same thing. The thing I miss most about my loved ones that have transitioned that I can't hug them. I I want Mm. that physical touch. So that's interesting. And I I believe it's probably true. It's probably very sweet and lovely and, you know, and, and full of light and, and vanilla almost, if you think about it, because it doesn't Mm -hmm. have that contrast. So this is, it's crazy. It's messy. It's insane. It's lovely. We definitely embrace duality and opposite ends of the spectrum here. But I, I say, as long as we don't resist it, if we know what it is, just allow it. We really are going into the mystery with this experience if we can allow it to be so and it is a gift it is a gift and eric says that you know we we often say oh this is wrong with my life that's wrong with my life but there really is no right or or wrong the pain we experience actually is very valuable and should be embraced because there are lessons in there and in 
all our hardships and all our tragedies, all our adversity, there are beautiful lessons that will bring us closer to the knowledge of love and every facet of it. Uh, but you have to you have to look for the lesson. You have to oh, figure out you know uh, what that lesson is so that you can embrace it, be grateful for it, and let it go. For example, I had a very abusive childhood. I mean, my parents were brutally abusive, and I'm really grateful for that, Tammy, because I've learned, and this is partly through Eric, that I've I've learned to become more assertive and more compassionate. And I I don't think I would have been as deep and loving a person. And I definitely know that I wouldn't have been as, as good a mother to my five children had I not had that, uh, that abusive experience. So when anybody feels like they're really down and out, really struggling in life, take a look and see what lessons you're trying to, that the experience is trying to share with you. Yeah, I've said that, you know, when you're going through challenges, ask yourself, what's my soul trying to learn? And there that gets go. you out of that victim consciousness. Exactly. And here's, here's another quote of Eric's that I love. I've tweeted it. I'm putting it on Facebook. Be grateful for everything in your life that is valuable. And everything is valuable. Yes, everything. I so, love that too. So beautiful. So Dr. Medhus's last book that she wrote with Eric, My Life After Death, a memoir from heaven. So Dr. Medhus, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. You are incredible. I'm looking forward to having you on another show. You are incredible too, girl. You are so wise beyond your years, really. Aw, shucks. Thank you. It's such an honor coming from you. And I'm looking forward to dancing and playing with you some more. And to my listeners, thanks for being here with us. I'm so honored by your presence in my life. Be in touch with me, TammyBPhD.com. Love to hear from you. Spelled with an I. Onward and upward. Bye for now.